110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm uh, Mike. And I'm John. You forget your name there? (laughs) Yeah, I got stumped a little bit quick my uh mine was uh it's been so long that it's been uh, two we've weeks been man one, so. yeah so uh i thought i screwed the introduction up there but i think we did it right but <laughs> from the last i remember that is the correct in- introduction yeah i think we're good all right as we as we uh as we derail within just a couple seconds <laughs> of the show uh a lot quicker than normal so uh, uh <laughs> all right so uh Today, uh, day, tonight's date is uh, Sunday, March uh, 6th. Uh, so basically what we're going to talk to tonight is uh, start with basketball. Uh, tough loss for the Buckeyes today. Uh, kind of feels a lot like uh, a little bit like last year. It seems like Damn. going inconsistent and very inconsistent uh, going heading into the Big Ten tournament. So I don't know. Good thing, bad thing. How... Uh, how that's going to end up shaking out. Uh, I, we know where our seating is. So uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about the game. We'll talk about the seating. Um, and just a little bit of our thoughts here going into the tournament. And then uh, spring practice starts this week. So uh, we're going to get into some spring talk and uh, kind of just talk a little bit of some of the stuff we want to see heading into spring and uh, just other thoughts. So we will get going. So tough loss today, John. And uh, I mean, when you watch the first half, they had that huge run at the end of the first half. It's like, all right, they took advantage of this. Uh, you know, Michigan did hit the final basket at the half. So, but they were down seven and Ohio state had all the momentum. Yeah. And uh, so it was, uh, it was looking really good. I'm like, you know, I mean, and basketball's there's tons of swings in basketball. So you knew Michigan was going to make a comeback of some sorts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't going to be, Ohio state wasn't just going to continue that pace into the second half, but it was just very disappointing how kind of, they just fell off the fell off the world. It felt like uh, there for pretty much the first 14 minutes of the, of the second half and just let Michigan take a double digit lead on them. And uh, then they started kind of bouncing back some, it was just, but they could never stop Michigan from scoring to the point that, uh, you know, they could go on a big 10 0 run or something to really put them, you know, firmly tied every time. I think they got the closest they got it to back was four. And then just Michigan would always go up another shot, get another shot, get a score. And so tough loss. Yeah. I mean, it really was Ohio state. I mean, they looked really good at the end of the first half and, you know, it's a shame that they looked pretty good actually at the end of the second half too, but it's just, I mean, is that that cold spell in the second half, really just that i mean they they killed them they just let them get out too far ahead um michigan was just much more i don't want to say athletic but they just didn't have issues like they were they pushed the pace of the game just much more effectively than what ohio state did ohio state's really good you know attack the basket and they just we don't see that a lot from holtman's teams um so i mean that that was disappointing 
but you know michigan and i know like it's not a original thought or anything they were talking about it all over fox the you know the crew but you know having dickinson out of the game for michigan was almost like a blessing because ohio state you know they were preparing for the game to go you know with him in the center and the game kind yeah. of go around him and then without him there michigan i mean they just pushed the pace much more than what they normally do and they were just really i mean that jones to diabate combination i mean they were just that was hitting all day long i mean that guy they were just you know hitting their threes just good, great passing on michigan's part ohio state really sloppy with the basketball in the second half and i didn't get to watch yeah. you know the entire game i was doing stuff around the house so I, you know, do something that I run back to the TV. I mean, I was, I wasn't very productive because of the game, but I didn't get to watch it. You know, a hundred percent wasn't all focus on my part. So maybe I missed some really good things from Ohio state, but it just seemed like, I don't know. It was just kind of a sloppy second half and defense really didn't have an answer for when Michigan really started to try to, you know, push the ball and swing, swing the ball around and just get open looks. Yeah. Actually, and I was getting ready to bring that up too about, you know, you know, Gus and Jim Jackson, they were talking about that, that, you know, it, it kind of caught Mich Ohio state off guard a little bit. And uh, you actually saw that early in the first half where it was uh, Ohio state was being very lazy, getting back on defense, both on missed shots and on made shots. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was like, they were not, they was like, they weren't expecting Michigan to really push it at them on, you know, getting rebounds or, uh, you know, off a, off a score, you right. know, Michigan was coming right back down and they got some easy buckets because of it. And then Ohio state started really cramping down on that. And, you know, that's where they end up getting the lead. They go on the big run at the end of the half. And then they just played very sloppy with the ball the, for that first, you know, basically two thirds of the, I mean, it was almost to the six minute mark when they basically kind of started turning it around, but you know, that first 10 minutes of the second half and bleeding into the second 10 minutes was, you know, they were just throwing lots of turnovers. Uh, it was like, they were being very lazy with the passes and and Michigan was just jumping the passing lanes. And, yeah. uh, I mean, they got how many steals off just jumping passing lanes and, you know, and they were more athletic and they were just getting, just getting down there and scoring on them, making easy shots, getting into transition and, you know, Ohio state, always, there was always an open man at that point. And, you know, Michigan just got hot. And so, I mean, it was good defense by Michigan and it, and it was sloppy play by the Ohio state's offense. So, um, and then you just get to a point where, you know, once you get down by that much and then you, you start going on a run, you have to be like, just lights out defense because they can't score at that point. Right. If they're up by 12. Yeah. If they're up by 12, you got to basically, you got to go on a 12 0 run to tie them. And, you know, that's pretty much it was, you know, 12 to 14, I think it was at a point. And, you know, you can't just, you know, you, it's nice to go on a 10 0 run, but then if you just let them start scoring again, I, and then like Michigan would go on like these mini runs where they would go up kind of like four or six more added to it. And yeah. then it was just Ohio state just could never get back into the, into Sancta, you know, really stop them from scoring and then continue scoring on them for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And then it's just, we see this a lot with Chris Holtman's teams too. It's just, they're like, I think Chris Holtman's Ohio state basketball teams are just the most polarizing 
part of Ohio State athletics. I mean, they are just the streakiest teams year in, year out. And that's good and bad. I mean, there's there's times where they look like the best team in the country. I think probably every year since we he's been there, we've said, oh, my God, these guys could actually make a run. They look like the best team in the country. Yeah. And then they go on these runs when they get into Big Ten play. And it's like they just can't is- they can't win a game for weeks or it's like Jekyll and Hyde, like one one game is beautiful. They beat Illinois. The next game, they're losing to Nebraska. Like, it's just, ah, yeah. oh, I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's a head scratcher. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the thing is, like, you know, last year, it was kind of like the same thing. It was like, you know, they, and they were actually looking good in February. And it's like, because I remember, you know, and I, I believe it was was either Iowa or Michigan where it just kind of started the downward spiral or, mm-hmm. you know, they were just getting, they kind of just got beat up on the boards. And they were having a hard time against teams with bigger men, you know, I, you know, and there was some stretch. It might've been Purdue and maybe not Iowa. I don't remember which one it was. Well, they, but they, every, every big 10 team has some, you know, yeah. seven foot white guy that's in the middle there that except Ohio state. Yeah. And they, I don't know, for whatever reason it is, it was just, yeah, they, and then they just hit that stretch. They, they looked really good. And then they hit a stretch where then they looked really inconsistent. And that always is the couple weeks leading into the tournament play, mm-hmm. which is like the worst time. It's always the hottest teams that, you know, you think, you know, and you think, that, okay, they're hot in February. Right. They're looking really good. And then like those last two weeks of February, the last one, last week of February and the first week of March, whatever it is, and it's like, damn, now they're like looking like crap, you know, getting yeah. ready to head into the most important games of the year for them. Yeah. And, and I know it's like a killer for them right now, just how much they've played condensed down. I mean, everyone's doing it, but I know it's definitely been rough on the Buckeyes. Um, I don't, I'm almost at the spot where I don't know if losing in their first game in the big 10 tournament would be the end of the world for them. Like you get a couple days, you know, get your legs under you get bounced in that tournament early and you get a week yeah. then to get, you know, get more rest. Cause I mean, we saw it last year where they were kind of like ran out of gas and then they ran, go on some improbable run to get to the championship game of the big 10 tournament lost to Illinois. Of course, you know, they yeah. ran out of steam. I believe they get it to overtime in that game. But then yeah, it's like so. they, they just push themselves again, like too hard. And it's like, man, you're injured. You know, you played all these games. I don't know. I don't think it'd be the I worst thing. You, they I lose. can see where you're talking about. I don't know. I mean, I, I and I don't know how much of a loss in the first round hurts them or the first their first game that they'll play because they're getting a bye. I mean, you know, they're 23rd in the country right now. You know, they lost, so they'll probably drop maybe. You know, they might even be out of the top 25 going into a tournament play in a defense where everything else shakes out this week. Um, that they, uh, you know, I don't know how much of a, like a really of a drop off and seeding come NCAA tournament time. That really is yeah. lost there. I mean, it seems, I mean, it's a pretty foregone conclusion that they're in. And uh, you that being usually once you're in the top 25 and you're a power five, you're not, you know, getting bounced at any point at that. So, you know, they're in. Um, and I'd imagine you know. they'd have to be a top eight seed in whatever region they get to. If they're a top 25 team right now, you know, yeah. it might be a seven, but they should still be the favorite in whatever game they're starting off the yeah. tournament, which, you know, it could put them in a, it could <laughs> what put does that in a position where, the, I mean, a loss could put them in a position where maybe they're, 
one of the first, uh, what is it? The first eight or whatever, the first four games that play. I mean, they could be that. What is it? Cause don't they usually like a seven, 10 games are normally like, you know, Oh yeah. The, yeah. yeah. The first four. So, yeah, that could happen to them. I mean, that, uh, I mean, there's, there's a possibility there. Um, I mean, that was a big, and what kind of sucks in the, you know, in the second half after that end of that first half is a, like, you know, Michigan needs that win. Like Michigan, you know, that they, they have to win this game. I mean, I don't even, you know, obviously outside of a tournament run at that point, I don't know if they make it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, maybe they do just on their name that they might sneak in towards, you know, the bottom of the bracket where, wherever the cutoff from the power five to when, you know, I mean, we're talking you know, that, a 500 that 11, record at that, that point. 11th to 13th seed that where they, you know, usually cut off the, the power five teams from the, yeah. you know, the teams that they feel don't deserve it from the, you know, the teams that won their tournaments from the smaller conferences. Um, but yeah, so, but you know that, you know, Michigan needs the definitely needs that win. Yeah. To probably, I don't know if guarantees them in, but it at least is a booster now to where, you know, they get a couple wins, maybe into the big 10 tournament. They, they secure that spot now. So like, yeah, that, that might beating Ohio state might mean they only have to win one or two games in the tournament to get in where, you know, losing to Ohio state might've mean that they have to get all the way to the championship game and possibly win the championship game to get in. Oh, I think so, if they would have, if they would have lost today, I think they would have needed the big 10 title to get in to the yeah, tournament. Uh, I kind of agree with that. So that that's a shame because yeah. you want to keep those guys out of the tournament. So that yeah. definitely, that sucks. Um, just, you know, to kind of expand on what we're talking about with the team though, and just like bigger picture with the Holtman teams, it really just seems like, you know, they struggle to have more than one guy at a time that can create their own shot. I think this year, though, you got Branham and you got Liddell that can both show that they can create their own shot. I always had like I never had an issue with EJ Liddell. I thought he was, you know, he's always been a good player and everything. Mm -hmm. But I always thought, you know, he did struggle at times to be able to, you know, run an offense on his own, create his own shot. And I think sometimes he came up a little flat footed late in games. But I mean, he looks like a superstar this year. Like, I don't know if it's just extra like bodies more used to you know the long stretch now being in his last year i don't know if it's more you know more time spent in the weight room i'm not sure what it is he definitely looks more the part though that i think he could be a contributor even at the next level and brand him i mean that guy could be i don't he could probably be like a lottery pick this year you know like he is good and so i mean i think they got the pieces that they can go on a tournament run because you do got you got two scorers. You're pretty good. I mean, Zed key is good. You know, as, as I wonder what those injuries will do to him. Yeah, like, I know. That's, how... Yeah, that's, that's rough. Kyle young, you know, he's banged up too. that. He's a good player, but he's hurt. Justin and Johnson got hurt today. Yeah. And, you know, he got hurt. So. Justin Aaron's is a good three point shooter, but man, I'm, I really wish that guy had a little bit of a uh, ability to, you know, create a shot off a dribble or something that, it yeah. just it seems like he has to be alone and just you know pop a shot type of guy to really be effective and you just if you're not always in that situation i really wish he could create some spacing by himself to get a shot off with the, even with a yeah. guy in his face so i don't yeah. i don't know i mean 
history tells us they're probably not going to go to the sweet 16 with, you know, but I think that I do think they're talented enough that they could go on a run in the turn. Yeah. A lot of it's good. You know, I mean, there's always that, you know, there's always that number seven to 11th seed, you know, 12 seed at times too, that just, makes that, you know, improbable run that gets to the sweet 16, possibly the elite eight. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that happens a lot of years. So, I mean, Ohio state, they have the talent that could be one of those teams, you know, it's just, you know, they're going to, they're going to play a higher, a higher seat, a lot earlier than they probably would want. It'll be a, you know, a first weekend type thing. Cause you know, they're probably going to be in that uh, stretch there where they're going to see a one through three seed if they win, you know? So, you know, that will be interesting. Um, the, you know, they just have the talent. It's just, I wish like, and I don't know do they like, it's just, it's something that we have to start talking about. Like, and I'm, I mean, do they burn themselves out too early, you know, through early in the season where, you know, like, yeah, I love those December big matchups too. Like, Maybe if you lose, like, could you lose a couple and then be more ready for, you know, those end of the year runs? Like, oh, yeah. From what I remember of Thad's teams, you know, there was a lot of years where Thad would drop a stupid game against a, a power team in December, like, you know, a Kentucky, North Carolina, whoever. They would look really good in that game and then they would lose it. And, or, you know, right, like kind of then, fall apart in the last five minutes yeah. or something like that. And then, yeah. but, and a lot of years that seems were pretty unbeatable in the month of February. And like, you know, especially the second half of February going into March. I mean, how many big time runs did they have where, sure. you know, they were ready to go come big 10 time that, uh, and they were the hottest team in the conference, you know, to uh, finish off the year. I mean, how many t- high seeds did they have uh, mm-hmm. in the big 10 tournament? So, oh, yeah. you know, it's just a different thing. And, you know, it, it is a, it's a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's, it's different than football where you could drop a few games early to, you know, make sure that you are, I mean, you got to be playing your best basketball come, you know, February on and, yeah. you know, and it always seems like they start fine into early February, but then it's like, then the inconsistency start popping up. Cause I, I mean, I remember just a few weeks ago when they were really, you know, they had that tough run. They had that tough stretch this year with the COVID and then trying to get back into the games where they dropped a few. But once they started getting going again, it was like, you know, you talk, you t- listen to a lot of people on Twitter. You know, I'm not necessarily an expert to watch it. There's a lot of people on Twitter that, under, you know, understand college basketball a lot better than I do because they watch it a lot more. But, you know, you read that, you see it with kind of with your own eyes and you're like, all right, they're kind of, uh, they're really, uh, starting to hit their swing here and they're looking really good. And then it's like, they always hit this wall, like right at this, like, seems like this time of year. And it's like, you know, they, they've lost three out of four in Columbus. You know, they've lost some other games. They've had some bad losses. I mean, it was a bad loss to Nebraska the other day. Um, then they, you know, they have a good win against Michigan state and then they have a bad loss today when, you know, there was a part of that game where they were in control and if they would have just kept that up into the second half, they win that game. And, you know, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's definitely hard to put your finger on. I mean, it's just like, like I said, it seems like he only ever has one score and this year he kind of got two. So you got, you know, that you could do some stuff, but 
They got to they gotta show up for the games. You can't get bounced in the first round. I mean, I I, yeah. I hope they get to the Sweet 16. I really do. But you just get past the first game in the tournament. Yeah, I agree. A um, little bit on the, the Big Ten tournament. So they're, they're going to finish out as a sixth seed going into it. So we get a bye. Um, there's an ongoing game right now, Minnesota Northwestern. So that determines is who the 14th seed is going to be. So we're going to play the winner of Penn state versus the 14th seed. Um, so, you know, we'll wait and see tonight. We'll know who that, uh, that game will officially be here in a couple hours. Uh, the game's going on right now, uh, not watching it, but, uh, that game is going on right now. So I don't know what's going on necessarily in it, but, uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think they, like they gotta be close to being done. Cause I think they started around eight or something like that. Oh. But yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> so it seems like Ohio state should win that game. Um, and I would like to see, I mean, I, I mean, I get your point. They could definitely use the rest. I don't know if they need, they don't need to go all the way to the big 10 tournament. Cause I don't know how much of a big 10 tournament or championship win really necessarily means. I don't think it's bumping them up that many. Yeah. I don't. They're, they're going to be in that seven to, I think probably 10 range, maybe seven to 11 range. So I think that's just where they're going to finish out. And I mean, a bad loss will probably put them at the back end of that more towards 11. And, you know, maybe a win or two will keep them towards the front of that as a seven or eight seed. So I, I think that's kind of where we'll probably end up. Um, so, you know, maybe a win or two and then see what happens. And maybe they get a few days rest in there where they can get their legs cover legs uh, back under them a little bit and uh, get ready for, you know, the opening round of the tournament. Yes, exactly. Um, before we get into uh, spring football I did because I don't think we actually talked about the Jawan situation I did want to cover that a little bit like <laughs> I think it happened after that the, our last show well, this was um, this was uh this is game number five suspension served yeah suspension so, over you know a lot of I mean a lot of different takes back and forth I, I mean I will say that it's not a necessarily a bias of the rivalry that when it first happened I definitely think yeah they need to fire him. Like, you know, you can't just behave like that. Uh, you know, that's not, I, I've kind of changed my position a little bit, you know, now going forward a couple of weeks, I've been like, they, I think that's probably, you know, they, that's like a, a last final warning that like, Hey, you can't do this ever again, or you're gone. I did not like how that Wisconsin coach got into his face. Uh, it seemed like that he really antagonized. I don't know what the actual physical words that were said yeah. between the two, but the guy does run back to get into his face. And I'm just like, man, you're like five one. And you know, Juwan Howard is a, you know, a giant. I mean, like it kind of like to me was like, man, was he trying to get him to throw a punch or something like that? Because that's not cool neither. And so I was definitely leaning up first that, you know, they should fire him because you can't do that. And probably if you know, you're going to hold it to me, I would say probably now same situation. You probably got to terminate him, but I don't know. I, I think I was okay with the five game suspension that I, you know, when I thought about it a little bit more, I don't know necessarily. I felt like he deserved to be, terminated terminated over it that you know i maybe would have just suspended her from the rest of the season uh well, so. i i think then that's where i'm at if 
five games isn't enough. I think the rest of the year is enough. Maybe they just thought Michigan was done and they wouldn't be going to the tournament or something like that. I don't know, but I I think you had to make it that, you know, you can start coaching again, 22, 23 season, but the 21, 21, 22 season you're done for. Yeah, I agree. with. uh, I think they probably should have threw the, Probably they should have threw the postseason in there too. You're not allowed coaching the Big Ten tournament either. And if you make it to the NCAA's, you're not allowed coaching that. Yeah, you know, it's either that or it's either that or you don't have it. I it probably would have been the ultimatum I would have thrown at him that you know you need to, you need to take some time for reflection here. Um, but that's my point on it. I would think uh, it's kind of a crazy situation. <laughs> I remember you texted me about it. It's like and then I go on. And I, I go on Twitter and it's everywhere. And I'm just like watching them like, like crap, they need to fire him, man. They need a Woody Hayes, that man. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I agree with you though. I think maybe firing him would have been too much, but I definitely think like you're not coaching this basketball season anymore. We'll see you next No, year. The Wisconsin coach didn't get any suspension at all. Did he? He didn't get hit or he didn't throw a punch. I know, but. For the antagonizing part, I, I would have suspended him a game or two. If I was the Big Ten, I'd been like, been like, Juwan Howard's taking the brunt of this, but like, you, you, know, that's not showing good sportsmanship neither. And uh, you know, you did, you know, I would have suspended him a game or two. That just if I'm commissioner, he would have, he would have got a phone call from me also that you know you're, you know, let's. Let's be serious here. I don't know what was necessarily said between you two, but uh, you don't need to try to start to antagonize the whole situation out of something either. So like sometimes you just have to be a cool, you know, a lot of times that falls down to the first person. You got to be the cooler head. And uh, so, yeah, no, I can, I can, I can agree with you there. So, I mean, but yeah, that's just, uh, just our opinions. I just wanted to get your take on it. Spring football, man. Hold on, hold on. Before spring football, we got to mention sub four four forties, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I know. I just thought about it. I'm like, we got this whole like agenda and we're not we forgot about the combine. No, combine, that was a that was a big one this week. Yeah. So uh Alave, so what ended up being his final time is it was a four three six? I think it was a four three nine, but yeah, the unofficial was a four two six, and uh, Buckeye Twitter and everybody just went wild over that because yeah, it's like <laughs> everyone's like, like Chris Olave is going to be the first wide receiver taken now. I knew the dude is fast. I'm like when you when I heard four two nine, I'm like or whatever. I'm like what? Like <laughs> like yeah. I I know he's fast because he gets behind everybody, but he, I don't know he's like that fast. Like and I'm like the four three, so that sounds more like that's like a little bit more. I knew they're both are in the four threes. I mean, well, that's what some clown. I can't remember who it was said Wilson was going to run a four five five. No, <laughs> that's like, that's just people not really understanding stuff yet. I get it that, you know, they use, they use a lot different than Wilson. A lot is their deep threat, you know, but the dude can flat out fly too. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. I mean, we, I've seen uh, plenty of things from his recruiting all the way forward about how fast he can move the ball that he can move. So yeah. Yeah. And now you, now 2020, you wonder why uh, 
Clemson secondary had no shot when you add those two plus Jamison Williams was on the field together. And that's why you had so many guys behind their secondary, that whole freaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of disappoints you that there wasn't a better showing uh, 10 days after that, but <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I know the defense is like, you know, the defense is, uh, you know, very, very suspect in that game, but, and you know, you lose sermon early and I get it. Sertan's on the one side of the field, but I don't know who the hell's on the other side of the field. Well, the other and, guy, uh, the other guy was a backup. I'm pretty sure. And what's his face battle gets kicked out of the game. Yeah. The, if, so yeah, so you just, like, I've just, you just chuck the ball. I mean, that's, that's your chance. Is yeah, you just chuck see, the that's, that's yeah. That's literally it. Just throw it up and see if somebody can burn by somebody to catch it. And you have three burners. So well, and you know, I mean, JMO, the Sertan's not on JMO. So yeah. Exactly. I'm pretty sure he was on Olave. Yeah. So yeah, that's I yeah, it does make you <laughs> like that's like even more of a head scratcher now. But because like, you you do you know Fields has an arm, he likes to throw the ball deep. Just be like, just throw the ball deep and just see if one of these guys can catch it. <laughs> right. And you I mean, and you know that Fields like his core is all messed up during that game because of the hit from Skowski. So you lose Sermon, you know, Fields is running, you know, gingerly as is, and you don't have anyone really take, you know, to replace Sermon. So at that point, I mean, I mean, Master was what he was, you know, he can't, yeah. he got a couple touchdowns in that game from the goal line. Like, and I think he had a big run, but I mean, it's just, he is what he is. He wasn't shifty like Sermon. So yeah, I mean, that just, that makes you think like, why the hell weren't we just like every play, just, just bombing it on them and just doing what we could do. Yeah, just just see. Who knows? At a point, once when when Smith gets hurt, uh, you know Waddle can't run, and then basically Amici, you know, I get it that Tough Borland is literally, you know, covering the whole. It uh, seems like every player, but like you're only down two scores at that point. Like just see what throwing bombs can do, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, just at that point, if it becomes a shootout, it becomes a shootout, and you live with whatever your defense is going to give you. But they might be able to get back into the game. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And that was kind of, yeah, I was a little surprised. I don't, we, in no way were we meaning to focus on that game again. So I apologize for the little tangent here, but yeah, like thinking back, like the success we had on Clemson, I realized a lot of it was running the ball too that set it up. But I mean, Fields and Ohio State just went vertical all over Clemson. I just, thinking back, I'm surprised they didn't try a little bit more against Alabama on that game, especially with Sermon yeah. being hurt. They might have been just worn out. Who knows? Maybe that shot to field. I don't know. Maybe he couldn't throw it as deep depth because of just, I mean, maybe shoot him up. Maybe shoot him up with whatever you can shoot him up with. I don't know. I mean, that could have been it. Uh, you know, maybe it was just so much pain to, you know, swing his arm back and really put everything into it. Yeah. But anyway, so Alave measures bigger than what anyone thought he was. He's close to 6'1, which is crazy. Um, yeah. Wilson actually measures shorter than what everyone thought he was. He's five eleven, um, yeah. but you know they're both <clears throat> sub four forty guys. So now you're talking about a real possibility, and you know anything can happen. And you know the Browns could screw it up because they'll probably have a shot at one of them. But there might be a legitimate shot that these are wide receivers one and two off the board. Very easily, man. I mean, look how they run routes. I mean, they caught every ball. That was, you know, thrown to them and their drills. They both ran sub four forties. 
they both, I mean, you know that these guys can run amazing routes just from their film, but they looked very crisp from the drills that I saw during the combine. So I think there is a good shot that, you know, Wilson's wide receiver one and Olave, I mean, I think he may be wide receiver three, but he could be number two. He could be the second one off the board. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, uh, I agree with that. And most mock drafts I've been seeing is like, they're all, they're both within the top four receivers off the board, but a lot of them are in there and both in the top three of like, mm-hmm. of all the legitimate mock drafts. I know everybody has their own mock draft nowadays, but of the people that I actually consider, you know, you know, legitimate people grading these guys, uh, I definitely see them in a lot of spots where they're in, uh, you know, top three, both of them. So yeah, top two could very much happen because at that point it's like, and you know, you know, they're both great route runners. I mean, he, like a lot of even brings that up in the combine. It's like, it's a lot more than just speed. Why we get behind people and I said, how much heartlines is this a yeah. great teacher with teaching them routes. And you know, they beat people with routes and then their speed, they get open and then, you know, their speeds and nobody's catching them because they're fast. <laughs> like, so, I mean, that's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, I- it's crazy. So I, I definitely, yeah, they could very easily be, uh, the top two. I think one of them will be the top one, most likely Wilson. But at that point, you don't know, maybe somebody will like the, a team could like a just a little bit more than Wilson. I mean, yeah. you don't know how these guys are being graded within the teams and, you know, so a could even be the top guy. And I mean, so. the, the kid from USC and, you know, Arkansas, they're the still, Arkansas kid. They're still out there. So, I mean, they could, they could definitely, you know, take the top spot or they could split the two of them and one, you know, Wilson could be one Olave four, but I mean, I think, I think Kurtz Olave is a top 15 pick because of that combine. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Definitely agree. All right. So let's get on to spring gear. Spring I mean, ball starts seems- on Tuesday, Mike. So it's, it's just funny. I mean, it's, a, this is the same thing with the NFL football, uh, you know, American culture, and, you know, now it's like, you know, I've been kind of going away with from baseball over the last several years to begin with. Well, that's because, good because I, I got some news for you about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> there so, is no baseball. Like, so it's like these things have to, you know, we got to get onto the, like college football and to the NFL here and then be like, you guys got to find something else after the draft. Uh <laughs> Mm-hmm. Be, maybe maybe we need more cameras set up in training camps than they even have now and that includes college like yeah. <laughs> can we get cameras in there so we can just get can we get a second spring game like oh my god like but wow. yeah it's you know season just feels like it's ended i mean the super bowl literally was just a couple of weeks ago and here you know now we're uh we're into combine season and uh spring practices so the football training rules uh, runs on here. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's just a lot of, uh, I'm more stoked about this spring than I've been in a while. Yeah, like, I agree because you still got so many young guys on the team. You got a, like a, just a complete overall of the defensive coaching staff. You got a couple of new, you got a new offensive line coach. There's a lot of hope in the air seems like mix kind of getting back to old Mick that, you know, they just ran them ragged here um, in the fall or in the, the winter camps, which, Hey, in my opinion is a good thing. Uh, you know, they were, 
they were always the, the one thing you never argued about urban's teams is that, and you know, there was a couple points this year. You kind of wondered that they weren't, they might not have won every game, but there was nobody that was tougher than them on the, the field. And, you know, sometimes maybe urban would just maybe not do what he should be doing. Be like, you know, just, just run the ball with them. Cause yeah. you know, you know, you're the more physical team on the field that your offensive lineman is going to knock somebody into next week. And, uh, you got the running backs and usually a running quarterback that can just, you know, crush a team, you know? So when all else fails, just, uh, just play power football with somebody because you know, you just, there, nobody's gonna be tougher than you. And it was always the same thing on defense is that they were, their lines, their trenches were always they were always the most well-conditioned against pretty much everybody that they played going into the fourth quarter and it seemed like they got away with that a little bit this year. And I know there's a lot of things because of COVID that's uh, they haven't got as full winter workouts as they've had during those eras, but it seems like they really, uh, really got back to that. So I'm really looking forward to seeing now what some of these guys look like come springtime. I'm interested just to see, you know, I, I'm not expecting Knowles' defense to be, you know, the 85 bears or anything like, but sure. I'm just like, I'd like to see what some of that, that looks like now here. And so it'll be, it's going to be really interesting seeing some of that stuff. No, I definitely agree. Um, like you said, you know, how, how conditioned, how tough is this team you, offensive line? Are they moving people off the ball? But yeah, defense, I I'm very intrigued by defense. Um, I think what I'm looking most forward to that, you know, and by the time I think we get to the spring game, it's all that stuff's going to be more apparent is just these, the new coaches. Does anybody take the opportunity to shine in the eyes of one of these new coaches? Like Harry Miller was a starter two years ago. Harry right. Miller is in danger. Of, I mean, you got a stud at Donovan Jackson, Matt Jones, and Whipler, I don't think he's going to lose being their starting center after last year. So, yeah, you know, can Harry Miller, though, maybe with stud as the offensive line coach, you know, maybe it would have been more of an uphill battle. But Justin Fry comes in and now, I mean, everyone's new to him. So Harry Miller just has to go do his thing and maybe he's a starter again. And same thing, you know, on the linebacker, everyone remembers last year, like, in our eyes, you know, Steel Chambers might be the most athletic, best linebacker on the team. But you have guys that have been college linebackers a lot longer than Steel Chambers. You got a new dude now. So, you know, can your Taraja Mitchells, can your Haley Neoteotes, can they step up and get a spot on that team? And I don't know if those guys fit the mold of what Jim Knowles is looking for. But, you know, you got your Mitchell Meltons, your... Um, Cody Simon, Tommy Eichenberg, Tommy Eichenberg looked the hell of, you know, yeah. hell of a lot better come Rose Bowl time. We're not even talking about Cade Stover. Where is he going to play? Where's court Williams going to play? Like there's is that, uh, that, what is it? Is it Tatum, right? Or is, it, is that the kid's last name? The kid from Arizona state. I oh, uh, train him. What's his train? He goes by chip. Yeah. Just call him. So, chip. you know, he's <laughs> in there now too. So, um, you know, yeah. CJ Hicks. Gabe Powers, like these are highly recruited kids, like, you know, and CJ Hicks really fits, I think, what they envision Ohio State's linebackers to be, you know, just, you know, maybe, as fast as they are. And maybe with a coach now that can teach them the finer points of how to, you know, be linebackers. And, you know, so, you know, if they get that good coaching that they can 
they just just understand it a little bit better to be in the right positions. You know, I mean, we saw, I mean, Tommy Eichenberg once, you know, they got back into the game against Utah. I mean, he was all over the field and like he was dominant in the second half. Well, he's the defensive MVP, right? I mean, he's yeah, uh, yeah. So like he's uh he was in on almost every play. Like court yeah, was it was like Court Williams it was, was in like, on a bunch of plays. Yeah, it, it like felt like, you know, I, and I forget who said it. It was like it was like it was back in the day of like you you think of like a that's a Laurenitis running through. It really, that. I mean, that, that's really they, kind of who he you was remind so me of. So many tackles that it's like, oh, this is like a legitimate old school Ohio State linebacker yeah. just racking up tackles. That's and, who Tommy uh, Eichenberg reminded me of in the second half of that Rose Bowl was James Laurenitis. Like, yeah, that's what he looked like. I mean, his pursuit angles were correct. He was breaking through the line, the right spot. He wasn't holding anything back. He was hitting guys behind the line. Like that's that's what I'm saying. Like you know, people think with the you know we're just going ohio state's going faster and everything which i hope they are fast but at the same time if a guy like tommy eichenberg can play fast he might be one of your two best linebackers yeah and they they've always i mean there might have been you know yeah like i don't think tough borland and tommy eichenberg are the same guys no sometimes at different points eichenberg kind of reminded me of him but a lot of it was just that for whatever reason that they they're making like you can have a complex defense and not have to think so much. So they got to get some of the thinking out of it and they can still build a complex defense on top of it. These guys are just too many ifs and thens to them or whatever. So, you know, build the defense that Knowles wants to build, but you know, maybe not have so many freaking options on each one of them that, you know, like well, I, that they just, yeah. And I think Eichenberg, there were times that he was just, he was running himself into blocks. You know, like, yeah, he definitely struggled with that the first part of the year. But then, I mean, he was a different guy the second half of the season. Yeah, no, I except against agree. Michigan. No, but nobody was a different guy against Michigan. Everybody, no, they were, everybody I mean, sucked in that game. But no, definitely agree. Um, You know, I want to see where uh, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Latham's not going to be back for this, but I want to see where Proctor's at. Like, is he, uh, you know, he hurt himself early in that season. So he should be about on the timeline where he's probably getting back now. So mm -hmm. how much is he going to do come springtime? You know, because, you know, if they get him back fully healthy, you know, he is, he definitely is going to fit into Noel's defense as that back safety. And, you know, I, I think he could be big things coming out of him. And, you know, you were kind of crazy in the couple of the little bit of playing time he had earlier this season, you were starting to see it a little bit that he was actually a decent safety in the back. And it well, seemed like that Proctor shine for years. Yeah. But and he uses, you'd always have like just good moments. And then he would have a couple bad moments, but now is he ready to really take on that mantle to be their uh, back safety and a different type of safety look, but he's, you know, Knowles' safety formation still has a back safety. And so, you know, Proctor fits perfectly into that. And so I, I'm looking forward to seeing where he is because I think he he's ready to go. You know, that could be really eye-opening because, you know, that would be a good thing. And that probably puts him in the eyes of the, the secondary coaches and in the eyes of Knowles that, you know, this is our guy in the back. So, yeah, like, not, and again, another tangent, but it's, I find it, it's interesting that you mentioned Proctor because he's like, to me, he is just an interesting case 
for a player. I don't know if he if he can, you know, have the top end that he would ever be a first round draft pick. But I mean, you're looking at a guy just from like his career trajectory, the things he's done, things he hasn't done, missing year, what he could do this year. You're talking about a guy I think could go anywhere from second day draft pick to undrafted. I mean, yeah, I think he just has a whole wide range of where he could end up, you know, being draft or if he gets drafted in the next level. I think it's very interesting. So I think this is a huge year for him just by the chance, you know, by the fact that, you know, this will really affect his payday. And if he could get, I mean, if if his, if he can come back healthy with the type of defense that Knowles runs, you know, he could really, if he's ready to step up and take those type of responsibilities, I mean, he could very easily be a high second round pick yeah. because, you know, he's, you know, he's going to be dependent on a lot, uh, you know, make sure people don't get behind you in those tight zones that Knowles is going to run and uh, maybe get a couple picks here and there to, you know, Oh, I mean, and the kid's a ball hawk. You know, he was always around the ball when he had his chances in. He's a hell. I mean, kid's a hammer. <laughs> just there's no other way to describe. It. I mean, if you remember that last play against Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game when he killed that quarterback, like that's just he's just he. I mean, he is just a hammer, and he's always there. It's just can he put it all together? That you know, we're talking yeah. about the next great safety at Ohio State. Yeah. Offense, I don't know. Uh I think the biggest thing on the offense is just seeing the offensive line and seeing how the running backs are kind of rotating. Because mm-hmm. like it's kind of hard for me to say, like, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the receivers because basically I saw the, all the receivers already yeah. in, the, in the Rose Bowl. So like I I feel ca- I'm fine where the receivers and CJ Stroud are going to be with each other, at least the guys that you're expecting probably to be towards the higher end of the starting list. Uh you know, I'm interested to see what the tight end looks like there. You know, that's going to be, there's some lack of depth there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You know, so, so there's definitely stuff on the, on the, um, the offensive uh, side that I'm definitely looking at, you know, the spring games could be interesting if, you know, if the defense gets blown out in the spring game, you know, what is the mood of the fan base at that point? Oh my like, God. Yeah. You know, they'll be fire, you know, yeah. fire Jim Knowles. <laughs> Like you're going to have a lot of people that you know them. I mean, I remember how down everybody was on Justin Fields. Cause you know, you know his spring game uh, debut wasn't the, you know, was mediocre at best. And, you know, I mean, he did some good things and, but it's a spring game. And so it's always hard to judge spring games and, you know, and, you know, I'm looking forward to all the media sites because I think you get a lot more out of the spring practices than you do out of the spring game mm-hmm. per se. And yeah, the spring games, you know, they're, they're trying to get some work done, but at the same time, they're trying to give fans some money. They, their uh, money's for them. I mean, the, I believe everybody donates to get a ticket that, you know, that it goes to the games. I mean, you're doting money to goes to charity. So, you know, they want to give everybody whatever they're, they're worth, you know, they're hopefully you get a big crowd in there. And so, you know, they always do the little fun things, uh, you know, at the, the halftime or whatever. But, um, so, I mean, the world works always in the practices. So that's why it seems like, you know, I've, I've heard from a couple of the guys, you know, from a couple of the media sites. And I think you told me from what you read it too, that, it seems like they might get another media availability day and possibly two extra media availability mm-hmm. days than they've gotten in the past. So that, I mean, that's nice. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I know, I think on, um, 
Tuesday, the opening, we're going to get interviews from, is it, I know Knowles and days for sure is Wilson. The other one that uh, we're getting media availability with, is it all both the coordinators and day? I think so. I can't, I, I honestly can't remember past day and Knowles. I just kind of think of it as the head coach and then the defensive head coach now. Yeah. I think they said Wilson too. I think we're getting both coordinators I mean, and day, but that would definitely uh, make sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to hear just them. I mean, you're not going to really tell much after the first day, you know, it's always weird with Ohio state cause they have a couple of days and then they go in spring break and then they, it's like, you know, yeah, they let them go yeah, yeah. and then they come back afterwards. So, I mean, these are going to be non-contact days. Um, so that will be, uh, so that's always weird. Uh, you know, you, you, are you really getting a lot or you're not getting a lot, but it's, it's just gonna be nice to just hear about football again. I mean, it feels like it was so long ago and it really wasn't. So. Yeah. And you know, I, I was just thinking about this Ohio state at the combine. I think they only had like seven guys or something. What, like what was the last time you heard Ohio state only having seven guys invited to the combine and that Ohio state's recruiting has not fallen off. Oh, you know, that's how young they th- are. That means they got all these extra guys that got all this experience coming back and it's, it'll be fun to watch, but it's going to be, this spring is going to be very interesting because they're very deep at a lot of spots and they're very thin at some other spots. And yeah, I'm wondering if you need to move some pieces around, uh, you know, get some depth everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That will be interesting. Um, it seems like, I mean, it seems like the probably the least depth that they have is at the tight end position. Um, I think that they got some good. I, I actually think they have some really good depth through, you know, all the levels of the second of the defense. With uh, maybe they have to be a little deeper in the secondary, but secondary you know, secondary is a little thin. They're raw. They're young, and I think they got some younger kids in there now. So. That one will be interesting to see where that goes. I mean, if Stover staying on the defense and with Chip coming in, the you know and you know, Taraja uh, back. I mean, the line depth or linebacker depth's fine, mm-hmm. um, and the, you know the defensive line depth's fine. I mean, there's, I mean, if you really start going through all the players that they have still on the defensive line, that oh, that's crazy. Like, yeah, like and then you still forget that Friday's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just an embarrassment of riches on the defensive line. I know they didn't have their best year last year, but it's still, I mean, still probably one of the most feared units on the team and them. And, you know, now the receivers, of course, you got, you know, Henderson at running back. Just to go back to the offense receivers, I think that's going to be kind of interesting, too. I mean, I know you got your th- like, well, you got four guys. You got four guys that really showed up in the Rose Bowl. So you got to kind of make a starting three out of them. But Chris Olave, like the first name he mentioned during interviews was Jaden Ballard talking about how he has elite speed and he just has to get better with his route running. I mean, you know, and there's been comps since, I mean, we're from Maslin. So there have been comps that he is Devin Smith too, or, you know, the second coming of Devin Smith. Um, But I mean, just hearing like talk about the speed like that, you know, you don't, I don't know how these four guys, if you have someone to take the top off the defense and if he is that fast, he could really be a, an interesting factor in this team. You know, as long as he's getting his reps 
moving forward, though, because you need a guy that can get behind the defense. And who knows? Maybe they. I mean, they might. Maybe they'll be. Maybe they'll run more at different times to share four receiver sets, uh, and even maybe the the three tight ends and the or the three receivers with the one tight end. Uh, you know, maybe they will because of the lack of depth at the tight end. Maybe they will see where you know yeah. one of the maybe adding an extra guy and the receiver side of it he could be, I mean, there's, I mean, there's always been a lot of things that they can do. I mean, he's got a lot of formation abilities in it. Yeah. I think the other big thing I want to see is, you know, you're over in scholarships. And as you said, they're very deep, deep in a lot of positions. So, you know, you know, there's transfer transfers. Coming. Oh yeah, absolutely. So where, where are those transfers coming from? And, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be movement on this team and, there's going to be players that we all like that, uh, you know, have been on the team for a couple of years that so I think it's going to be a little hard for the fans to see some, uh, cause there's going to be some, there's going to be a couple of big names go. And I mean, I would say that, I mean, I don't want to say anybody in particular, cause I don't know any inside information at all, right. but you know, you you've mentioned four inside guys that are competing for three spots on the offensive line. Does that is the, 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 is the one guy that seems like he's out? Does he decide he's gonna? Is he gonna be a backup, knowing that he's one injury away from being a starter? Or is he gonna decide that you know I want to move on and see what I can do somewhere else? You know, well, you got a three, you got an interesting running back room between you know Mayan and Trevion. If Trevion fully takes the room, does Mayan get to the point that you know I could go play for Luke down at Cincinnati and you know like so. There's a lot of things, even at the receiver core, you know, there's a lot of, there's depth there between the young guys coming in. You, the guy, four guys now, you know, going to be pushing for three positions is one of them say that is Ballard where, you know, he, does he decide is like, you know, I could go somewhere else, yeah. and, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of things and there's even a lot more on defense that could happen. I mean, these couple of these defense alignment is one of them going to get to the point that being like, you know, there's just so much depth here. And maybe I'm older and, you know, I want to, I want to see what I can do somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. And, you know, like I'm going to have to take a break a day or two off from Buckeye Twitter when it does happen, because it's always the overreaction of overreactions for guys that didn't even play. And that's, but I mean, some of those guys that you were kind of like, you know, the what ifs like Maya Williams, you know, that, that would be a big blow. And yeah. I know you said like go play for Luke. I think Mike will go play for you know bigger programs, better programs. That would be a very easy one for him. I yeah. mean he knows in state. You know, Holmes the is there, it's in state, he's from there. I mean, there's I mean, that would be an easy transition for him um to go there. And you know, Luke would open up open arms for him, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, because so, I mean he's a Mayan's an impressive running back. Yeah. He's tough. Well, anything else you want to talk about spring or you no. we're good no. get on out of here for tonight? I, I think we're good. I'm interested to see, you know, how Tuesday and Wednesday, what it first looks look like, but we're a long way off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just be nice to hear a couple of things and looking forward to the, the big 10 tournament also starting this weekend to see what the Buckeyes can do and got the, the attorney, the NCAA attorney right behind it. So, uh, you know, that's always a good, I always love that first weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. Yep. And then sports get, you know, after, after March and April, then I guess uh, you go in yeah. another lull. 
Yeah. NBA playoffs are you any NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs are usually pretty good. So we'll get some of those, but uh, all sports like within the last couple of years, I don't know if it was cause COVID they all changed their, all the professional leagues changed their playoff format and I don't get them anymore. Like I didn't, yeah. I don't follow pro sports close enough. I don't understand it. There's play in games now for the NBA or play in series. And I don't understand any of it. I think everyone in baseball makes the playoffs. Football has more teams. Hockey is hockey. I mean, I have watched maybe one hockey game a year, if that. So, yeah, yeah it's all, it's all. Confusing. All right. Take us on out of here. All right. Well, thank you everyone for stopping in tonight to the Buckeye Bar. I'm John. And I'm Mike. Oh, H. I owe.